Dillium. Oh. What's up, bro? How you doing, buddy? You, you had work today? No, I did not. Luckily, you got an off day. Uh, man, me too. Get a little rest in because I finally did. <laughs> yeah, I did too. It was nice. It was nice to actually be able to sleep. Uh, and I mean, now when you work early, your body adjusts to getting early. So, so mm. sleeping in is not what it once was. It's not like till eleven. It's more like till eight or nine, and that's that's good sleeping for in real. for me. Yeah. But um, a couple things happened today. Episode forty-four of the pod, one week away from episode forty-five. I know what a what a big Hard exciting number. Um, I know. I bet we'll be looking back when we hit about 88 and be like, wow, remember when 45 was something? But um, right. it always goes like that. But why don't you introduce the episode? We have a short little segment, and then uh, you can explain what we're going to be talking about in the other segments as uh, we move forward with episode 44. All right. Today we are going to be talking about uh, one of the big you know, stories in the NFL this week. Uh, obviously, we last week we talked about J.J. Watt being released a couple weeks ago. Before that, we talked about Stafford being traded. Um, another high-praised um, quarterback was traded uh, last Friday, and that's Carson Wentz. He has finally been dealt. Uh, that saga in Philly is over. He has been traded to the Indianapolis Colts. We'll talk more about that, you know the repercussions that the Eagles are going to face and maybe, uh, you know, a revamp for Carson Wentz's career starting in Indianapolis. Um, second, we'll be talking about the top five tight ends of the 2021 class as we continue on, uh, you know, getting ready for the NFL draft coming up here in about two months or so. And then we're going to close out the episode. Uh, Kyle's going to rejoin us. If you remember last week, we had Logan on for a little re-rank of his uh, risers and fallers. We're going to do the same thing. We had Kyle back on. Uh, I was looking last night when I was doing the notes. I believe it was episode eight or seven. Uh, we ranked the top 10 fantasy players. We each took a list from ESPN, Yahoo, and CBS Sports. They did their top 10 rankings before the season started. Uh, anyways, we re-ranked those at the preseason. We're going to re-rank our re-ranks and, uh, based on season performances. And uh, you know we'll get to see who we were right on and who we were wrong on. Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited for that segment and uh, to have Kyle back on. He's, he's been on the pod uh, probably most out of any guest. This is his third time. Yeah, uh, always brings, you know, a lot of knowledge in and um, always good to have him on. But like you said, first first out the gate, we have this Carson Wentz trade. Um, I was anticipating it. Uh, at, I, I was anticipating it right around the Super Bowl time, but as it, as it got closer to where we thought uh, – Maybe things have settled down. Maybe they'll keep them. That's a really big contract to just trade away. Now you have to think about the fact that the Eagles' highest-paid player is not even playing for them this season or, you know, in the future ever probably. Never. Yeah, never. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, unless, you know, Nick, he, he has a Nick Foles-type type beat and he comes back. But, uh, no, I don't see it happening. I, they, they parted ways with him in a very negative light. Um, <laughs> and – it's it sucks because Carson Wentz was on MVP pace. We always talk about you know, and then and then Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. You think Wentz comes back, they're gonna rebound. They never quite reach that greatness again. Um, not at all. Not even close. I, they might not even have made the playoffs the year after, or maybe the wild card. But it was it was mm-hmm. not to the level they had um, been. And it's it's kind of funny because Philadelphia went crazy after that Super Bowl win, all the fans, and then nothing um, nothing really came of it. <laughs> now, yeah. now you have a Doug Peterson and Nick Foles statue at, at at your stadium that neither of which are members of the team and were barely members because 
Doug Peterson, that was his really only great year there. And then mm-hmm. Nick Foles, I mean, he's a legend there. Yeah, he but is. But his, his, his run was very short-lived. Um, Carson Wentz now, though, traded for two picks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, I think it's what like a second round and something next year. It's second a third, uh, a third rounder this year, and it's a second rounder in uh, twenty twenty two. But there are some stipulations on that second rounder in twenty twenty two. I believe if um, Carson Wentz plays seventy five percent of their snaps uh, this coming season, or and or if they make the playoffs, uh, they will get it to be a first round pick. Okay, see that's what I was wondering because I I had heard something about it, but I didn't quite understand. Um, yeah, so I mean, what do you think about the trade? Personally, I think the Colts win it because mm-hmm. the Eagles the Eagles are ditching a player but remaining under that contract. And the Colts, realistically, a third round pick is not bad, and a potential first next year, I'm fine with it because you're the Colts were really good, and Phillip Rivers could have easily won that first playoff game. Um, mm-hmm. how do you think it's going to go down? Who do you think won the trade? Give your thoughts and your analysis. I mean, I think Indianapolis won the trade because they're going to get a revamp Carson Wentz. I don't think Carson Wentz really wanted to be in Philly last year, and his play really showed. I mean, you look at the offensive line, he had maybe one or two good pieces on the O-line. He really didn't have that much to throw the ball to. I mean, basically, Miles Sanders was about it on that offense other than Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz struggled with injuries this year as well as Carson Wentz. Um, it's a huge cap hit for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, somewhere in the $75 million re- region, which really made me think I did. I thought they were going to hold on to Wentz for another year because I believe the cap hit went down to somewhere in the 40s, maybe mid-40s millions-wise. So I'm really surprised that they decided to let him go this year. That just shows that Philly's really going for the future, and they don't care how much money they have to you know, absorb to get rid of him. Uh, 68 games played with the Eagles to the number two pick overall out of uh, North Dakota State in 2016 draft. I did see something the last 10 seasons, I believe, the top two quarterbacks in each class are no longer with their original teams. Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford were the last two players, and they both got traded in the last three weeks. Wow. Yeah. 35, 32, and 1 in that span. As you mentioned, he was on that MVP pace in 2017, their Super Bowl season, uh, before he tore his ACL in week 14 against, or week 15 against the Rams. Uh, 11 and 2 record with 3,296 passing yards. He had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He really hasn't been the same since, as you also mentioned. I mean, 9 and 7 was his best record in the mm. three, two and a half years that he played in Philly before the trade. Yeah, uh, 2018 was his best year. Four, just under 4,000 yards passing, 27 and seven. Dang. He never really had that best offensive line, as I mentioned. He had Lane Johnson, but that was about it. And then Lane Johnson, I believe, um, is getting ready to retire now. And uh, his best weapon, really throwing the ball that he had over his career, is now in Las Vegas with Nelson Aguilar. In Indianapolis, <laughs> I, I know we, we laugh every time we hear the name. Someone says the name Nelson Aguilar. I, I just think about I just that, think that, that classic game video. He dropped so many versus the Lions. He drops so many passes. But, you know, hey, I mean, uh, there's two plays in that Lions season, Darius Slay's interception and uh, Nelson Aguilar's drops. And uh, we look back at it now and we think, man, that, that costed us Chase Young. Yeah. And it's but, so annoying, man. It is. But going back to Wentz, I mean, he's really got a good now in Indianapolis. Arguably the best offensive line in NFL. Quentin Nelson, arguably the best guard in probably the next five or ten years. He's got Jonathan Taylor to hand the ball to. 
second year coming in this year. He's gonna he had a really good rookie season. Michael Pittman, he's gonna be able to throw the ball to if they re-sign T.Y. Hilton. He'll have T.Y. Hilton. If not, he's gonna have a guy like Zach Pascal. Uh Trey Burton's still there. He's gonna have they they Indianapolis may end up going drafting a wide receiver, especially now that they have their quarterback and their line situated. So yeah. maybe maybe see them going down and getting a guy like Elijah Brown that we mentioned last week. Um, maybe sneaking in and getting Nico Collins in the second round just to help Carson Wentz, you know, really continue to develop because he's still a young guy. This is going to be his fifth season in the league coming up in 2021. So it's not like he's on the, he's still on, you know, that prime of his career. He's not at the back end of his career quite yet. Uh, did you see uh, Michael Pittman's not giving up the number 11 either? Yeah, no. And uh, I think that's fine. I think it would be funny. Uh, I was looking at uh, videos about speculating what he might choose. I, I think there's a couple funny ones. He could go with number two because Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Also, one plus one is two. Or, you know, second team, second chance, number two. I think that would be funny. Um, but then you got to think, Jacoby Brissett's free agent, number seven. You could go 7-11. A lot of guys do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Brady was but I don't know seven this year. Who? Brady was almost number seven this year. Godwin yeah. didn't want to give it up at first. That that would have been cool though to see Brady in seven and yeah. then win seven. Um, but yeah, no, I think Indy definitely won this trade because, like you said, line is situated. Jonathan Taylor is going to ball out next year. I think he could be the best back mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. I I think there's potential for that. If come fantasy time, I'm putting him. Close to yeah, the top he's going to be on the top of my list too. I mean, nobody thought Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to be in the top five of everybody's list this year. Jonathan no, Taylor could be that guy next year. I think he's going to be a sneaky guy fantasy time, um, especially because running backs don't have a short uh, or they have a short shelf life. And mm-hmm. we've already seen like Ezekiel Elliott had a pretty bad year, and he's only so far in his career. Obviously, they lost Dak, and that was you know a crucial hit to them. But um, I think Jonathan Taylor is the real deal. Michael Pittman's going to be good for a lot of years to come. I think he'll be a solid option. T.Y. Hilton, he had a okay year. Mm-hmm. I, I think some parts were disappointing. For T.Y.'s if you re- not really great. Yeah. Good enough. If you re-sign him, though, for a, for a contract, I think he'd love to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, he's probably coming to the end of his career. But getting Wentz a good O-line is all he ever really needed, I think. And that deep Here's the question, though. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to... If Carson Wentz does not do well on this team or they have struggles, then Carson Wentz is the problem. Mm-hmm. So this is a make or break year for Carson Wentz. And that's why I kind of like the risk by the Colts because, yeah. I mean, what are your other options? Resign Jacoby Brissett, go back to like square one. Now plugging Wentz in here, they already solved all the other problems. Mm-hmm. Wentz is a new variable. I think he'll do very well. I think a uh, good spot for him. The question is, playoffs are they going to be a contender if Wentz plays like he did in 2016 or whatever they may be in that conversation for how the bills were um this year where bills were pretty much the only team we thought could knock off the chiefs you know Mm -hmm. um or had the best shot to colts could be in that conversation next year as that team to watch out for over on the AFC side of things, if Carson Wentz plays well, Definitely. I think they have all the right yeah. weapons. I think they easily could have won that first round. It came down to Michael Pittman dropped a fourth uh, down touchdown. That cost them the game. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I think that I'm excited for Carson Wentz. I hope he bounces back. 
You never want to wish bad on a player. At the end of the day, though, if he fails, it will be on him. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be nice to see him actually have a nice, good defense. I mean, Philly had all right defenses. It was really that offense, I think, that propelled them to that Super Bowl in 2017, more or less the play of Nick Foles in the playoffs. But, you look, he's going to have guys, DeForest Buckner, obviously your favorite player in the league, Darius Leonard, uh, a good yeah. young secondary led by a uh, Michigan State Spartan, Kari Willis. They have young pieces that can, you know – impact and you know if Carson Wentz has an off game where he only throws for 170 180 yards maybe throws an interception too that defense and with Jonathan Taylor running the ball they can keep you in ball games you can win ugly with this team if Carson Wentz has a bad game or two for sure that's the difference between what he has now in Indy than what he had in Philly Mm -hmm. and I I I definitely agree I agree with you on if he can return to that MVP form they can easily win this division. I don't see the Titans being oh, able yeah. to stop them if Wentz is on that MVP level because solely right now, the Titans don't have the pass rush. And every mm-hmm. team that can impact a quarterback defensively needs a pass rush. We've seen it here in Detroit. We have not had the greatest pass rushes over years, and our defense suffers for it. Yeah, Tennessee's defense no, if you... is good with guys like Malcolm Butler in the back end, mm-hmm. but you need for sure. one or two impact players up front. Maybe they go get J.J. Watt. You never know. If they got J.J. Watt, man, I think this team would be, like, contender, contender. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. J.J. Watt might go to the Browns, but I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't, There's been a lot of talk about that. Pretty quiet. I think he's going to wait till free agency opens to see what's going on. Probably for sure. But um, also that the, being uh, said. We have the franchise uh, tag deadline today. I wanted to mention that real quick. Uh, oh, yeah. Some notable. No, I think we're, we're tagging Gallagher. Go ahead. Though. Sorry. I'm pretty sure we're going to tag him. Kenny Gallagher. Yeah, I think I think they yeah, just tag we're gonna trade tag him, him. To be honest. Yeah, that's exactly. Hey, what's up, man? Here we Back are here's... for our second segment. I yep. am going to invite Kyle into the call right now. Yeah, and uh, it kind of cut out at the end of the segment one there, but we're back segment two um, with Kyle. And obviously, you said I think it was episode eight, right? We last uh, mentioned this topic, and when we first yes. broke down these yes. lists, um. I was the Yahoo one. What list were you? Uh, I had Matthew Barry from ESPN, and Kyle had Dave Richard from CBS. Here he is. Kyle, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Welcome back, man. Nice. Good to hear Welcome from back. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think I think it was you who proposed this idea way back when we um had originally done it in episode eight, where we kind of broke down the fantasy um players from different lists. Uh, I was I was mentioning that I think I, I had the Yahoo list. Uh, Dylan said he had the ESPN. You had the CBS. Um, and now you know the season is over, and we're just going to compare kind of how we ranked the list before and and how it ended up going. Um, Dill, why don't you take it away? And I'm not sure how you want to really run this segment, but go ahead and take the wheel. All right. Well, we basically each had a top ten list going into the preseason. Um, we ranked them 10 through one, then, uh, we'll just re-rank them as we did in the doc. And, uh, we'll let Kyle lead off here with his number 10 player of the 2020 season. All right. So on number 10, uh, he was originally at rank three for me as well as CVS. He's now at number 10 cause he tore his ACL. Like half the people on the list list, uh, Saquon Barkley, he tore his ACL. He did nothing pretty and fancy. I think he played one game. Um, questions going to next year is will the giants have a QB and be relevant? 
Or uh, can he recover from a torn ACL? It's a big thing to come back. I think he'll recover, but I don't know if he's going to be the superstar that he once was because he's still young, but still a big injury to bounce back from. For mm-hmm. sure. And I remember, I think week one, when they played the Steelers, he had like eight yards in that game. So it's not like he really did anything in that one healthy game that he had. All right, Al, what's your number 10? I have Saquon Barkley as well. I think he had the most disappointing season out of everyone. Obviously, it was cut short by the injury, but just not what we expected and not what we wanted to see. And it's it's unfortunate, you know, um, hope, hoping he can recover and bounce back. Like Kyle said, will he be that same player he was? And this is only year two for him that the injury happened. That's that's a, you know, that's early. So that's going to be a long-lasting effect, I think, on his um, career and his production. Um, but he was originally my number one player, and uh, Yahoo had him at number two. I thought he was going to overtake Christian McCaffrey this season. I really had a lot of high hopes, and he uh, he really wouldn't have made a top ten list if if he wasn't already on this and re-ranking he wouldn't have been on my list at all you know so um Mm -hmm. big jump for me from the first spot to the last spot but uh what about you do yeah yeah we're all number 10 across the board Uh, i had saquon barkley as well had him preseason number two obviously we all mentioned the touring acl only 34 yards on 19 carries and his five quarters of action uh before that scary torn acl against the bears in week two definitely going to be a top five player in my eyes in 2021 uh, the running back position, obviously, as we all, me and Al have mentioned in most of our episodes, short shelf life for some of these guys. So I'm hoping that Barkley can have a really good bounce back season. It's going to be interesting to see what the Giants do in the draft as well. Uh, when we talk about tight ends here in our final segment, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple guys on that list that I think they could pair with Evan Ingram to make a one-two punch and maybe give Barkley some more blocking help. For sure. They don't have really the best offensive line in the league. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kyle, who do you have coming in at the number nine spot? Uh, number nine, I have my original number five, which was the same for CBS, uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, he was hurt. Uh, like Barkley, he was hurt a lot of the year. He played some uh, when he was playing, though. He just seemed out of really, really out of sync with Drew Brees. Uh, now, there's the rumors of uh, Drew Brees leaving. We're not even sure if he can do that again next year. I'd also like to point out, uh, I did a fancy league with my girlfriend's family. She had him and then another guy I'm going to mention later who was also hurt. Let's just say she was not very happy uh, when I gave her the advice to take these two players. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I wouldn't either, but I have Michael Thomas number nine. So, so far we have basically the same list. He was originally my number six as well as Yahoo's number six. Disappointing year. I heard he was playing with maybe a broken ankle or something for, for pretty much the duration of the season, something along those lines. And even in that playoff game that he really did nothing in, uh, well, both of them, but – yeah, disappointing year for him, especially coming off of um, – I think he made the 99 club on Madden because mm-hmm. of the year before he was the best receiver in the league. Um, it's, it's it's upsetting because, like Kyle mentioned, if you had him on fantasy and you were expecting this guy to be, you know, a good player, well, you pretty much pranked yourself on that one. Um, Joe, why don't you go ahead, number nine. All right, my number nine is going to be a little controversial here. I have Christian McCaffrey, the running back from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I had him preseason number one. I believe Matthew Berry did as well. Uh, injury issues, shoulder, ankle issue, uh, 225 yards, uh, five touchdowns rushing, racked up 149 yards, receiving on 17 touches for uh, one receiving touchdown. Uh, him and Barkley are both going to be top five players in 2021, as in most years, if they stay healthy. The problem, though, in me putting him in number nine was just basically on the games that he played. He didn't play that much from him to be in that sixth or seventh slot like 
I see that Kyle has him in there. So that's why I got McCaffrey coming in at number nine. All right, uh, number eight, Kyle. Yeah, I definitely think McCaffrey nine is a little interesting, and uh, I'll tell you why in a bit. Uh, number eight, I have Zeke. He was originally my number two as well as number two for CVS. He just looked out of shape. Uh, not having Dak Prescott hurt him a little bit, but uh, he was just out of shape and did not look like normal Zeke. I have, I have Zeke at the seven spot, too. He was number three on the Yahoo list, number four on mine. Um, very disappointing season. Like, awful season. I, I I was thinking about all the running backs. Okay, Saquon Barkley has an excuse ACL. He only played, what, five quarters. Christian McCaffrey had a lot of injuries. What is Ezekiel Elliott's his excuse besides Dak Prescott being hurt? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, their line, Travis Frederick retired however long ago, and he was a key piece there. But Ezekiel Elliott really had no excuse for the drop in production that he saw. Um, other than himself. Heck, um, Tony Pollard, I feel, played better for him on the same team. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 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 if I'm the Cowboys, I, I'm, I might consider trading Zeke this uh, offseason. I don't think Jerry Jones would do it. But personally, I think you get a lot of value out of him still. And I think he's only going to regress from here. Um, but, yeah, I have him at my number eight spot. Dill, who do you have at eight? I got Zeke as well. Uh I had him preseason number three. I believe uh, ESPN had him number three as well. Uh, the big part of his game being bad this year was the fumbling issue. He had six twenty, six fumbles in 2020. Uh, Rushing-wise, not bad. Almost hit 1,000 yards at 979. Uh, 338 receiving yards, eight total touchdowns. Just wasn't the same Zeke. But, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys really weren't the same Dallas Cowboys without Prescott. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prescott was on MVP pace through four and a half games before that scary leg injury against the Giants. And it's going to be a big part in if they can, with the uh, franchise tag deadline opening today, if the Dallas Cowboys are going to put another franchise tag on Dak Prescott, and if that could maybe extend Zeke's career in Dallas as well. We'll definitely have to see come come start of the season. Kyle, who do you have in your number seven? Number seven, I have Miles Sanders. Uh, he was originally my number eight in CBS's number seven. Being completely honest, I don't even think he was a top 10 player going into the league, uh, going into this, and this season proved it. I wish I could rank him lower, except everyone else was hurt. Um, the Eagles are an absolute mess as a team right now. Uh, my roommate's a big Eagles fan. I'm going to go on a slight tangent, if you all don't mind, real fast. Um, yeah. My roommate's a little right. salty that uh, they only got a second or third for wins, so the Lions got a steal for Stafford. But uh, we all know Stafford's better quarterback than Wentz. I wish he was next to me, so mm-hmm. he could start yelling at me. Uh, and the Eagles are embracing the tank, and Miles Sanders just needs to get out of there. And he's not that good of a player, I honestly don't think. He less than 1,000 yards on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I would rank him lower if I can. Yeah, Miles Sanders, he wasn't even on my list. I don't know why he was on that list um, by CBS. I think he's a good player on Madden. You know, he's pretty shifty on Madden, but I would never put him – Fantasy-wise, for me, at number seven, I'm going to go ahead and put Christian McCaffrey. Yahoo had him at one. I had him at two. Um, in the game, I had him on my fantasy team. He was my, he was, I had the first pick of the draft in Dylan's League. Took him. I was like, all right, bet. Um, and it, I was kicking myself because it was a toss-up between Barkley and McCaffrey. Well, they both went out, so it really didn't matter. But taking McCaffrey wasn't the best move, but at the same time, every game McCaffrey played in for me, I won. And those were, like, my only wins pretty much. So, as much as I could put him lower, 
I thought about the impact he had when it, when he was in. That's why I have him at seven. Bill, who do you have at your seven spot? All right, I have Michael Thomas, the uh, receiver from the New Orleans Saints. Had him preseason number four. Only seven games for Michael Thomas this year. He had also injury issues. That's really the theme of my first half or so of the list. Uh, 40 receptions, 438 yards in the regular season, no touchdowns. I believe he did score in that wild card game against the Bears. Uh, with Breeze's possible retirement in uh, maybe this year, do you think that affects Michael Thomas in 2021 if Drew Brees doesn't come back? I mean, you're looking at Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Who's going to be the quarterback in New Orleans? And that's going to be a big part. And that was, I think, a big part in why Michael Thomas, you know, um, struggled a little bit in 2020 as I think he played a couple of those games when Breeze was out with that neck injury or the rib injury. I'm sorry. All right, Kyle, who you uh, got at number six? Yeah, uh, Julio Jones at number six. Uh, I originally had him at number four and CBS him at number ten. Like I think everyone we've mentioned so far, he's been hurt. Uh, he's starting to get up there in age, which is another thing to keep an eye on uh, if you're looking at him for next year. He's up in his uh, mid-30s now, and he's uh, he was an okay player when he played this year, but he didn't put up the amazing numbers we're used to when we see Julio Jones uh, going into the season. Yeah, man, sadly, mm-hmm. Julio – He's coming to the end of his career here, you know, um, and it's really, it's really crazy to me because when I think Julio Jones, I think top five receiver, but coming in these next couple of years, Julio's he's, he's, he's on the decline. I had a lot of injuries like a lot of these guys. Um, and it really honestly put that in perspective for me when I, when I looked at this list, how half of our lists struggled with injuries this year. Number six for me is Lamar Jackson. Well, he didn't struggle with an injury. He had a pooping incident or whatever. But, no, he had COVID. So, I mean, I originally had him at 10 on my list. He was 28 by uh, Yahoo. But I I have him at number six here just based on the fact the other players were hurt and Ezekiel Elliott performed horribly. Um, but, yeah, nothing nothing else to say there. Um, Dale, who do you have at six? Uh, another controversial pick here. I have Dalvin Cook at number six. Uh, ESPN had him number eight. Uh, this just shows how many guys really balled out in 2020 on this list. If I have a guy like Dalvin Cook at number six here, almost 1,600 rushing yards, 16 rushing touchdowns with 361 yards receiving and a touchdown. Five fumbles, though, as well uh, an issue with Ezekiel Elliott as it is Dalvin Cook uh, for 33 in Minneapolis. Hopefully he can bounce back from the fumbling issues as he's still a little bit into that prime of his career. Obviously, has struggled with a couple or with that 20 ACL in his rookie or second season in the league. So hopefully, uh, Dalvin Cook can stay healthy and keep terrorizing NFC North defenses, including the Lions. All right, Kyle, who you got at number five? Uh, number five, the top uh, five. Christian McCaffrey. Um, while he was hurt, uh, he was my preseason number one, and he will be a top three player again next year in fantasy. Uh, I was lucky enough to have him in one of my leagues, and I dominated every game he played, and he put up. At least 20 points, and I think the majority of the game is 30, 35 points. Yeah. So like, while he didn't play most of the season, he got you wins when he did play, which was a For major sure. factor to have. Uh, I think he is going to be a top three player again as long as he stays healthy next year. And uh, I think it's a little bit insane that he's not top five in your list, Dylan. Yeah. I think – thinking uh, I made a mistake there. but The, the games I had him in were good, too, but I just had to put him at seven based on the injury. Um, next year, though, he's, he, like you're saying, top three. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think at the end of the year, I think he probably just decided he'd rather sit than, than force it, and that's good for him and, and probably good for him long term. 
Me at number five, I have Tyreek Hill. Originally had him at number nine, and CBS had him, or Yahoo had him at ten. Um, I think he had a really good year, especially that one game versus the Bucks, week twelve, when he had like an insane first half or an, an insane game as a whole. He had a couple big games like that where I feel like Tyreek Hill comes in at five for me. Um, like I mentioned, the players further down the list either didn't live up to the hype I had for them or just were injured completely. Um, Tyreek Hill is going to be number five for me, moving up from 10 to five. So he, he jumps about half the list, but not by his own merit, more like the downfalls of others. Um, why don't you go ahead, Dill, number five? Uh, number five, I had Alvin Kamara. Uh, had him preseason number five, so didn't move much in my list here. Uh, stepped up big when uh, Michael Thomas was injured and also when Drew Brees was injured. So uh, his stats were pretty lopsided when uh, Taysom Hill or Jameis or whoever was playing in there for the Saints was at quarterback. Uh, He put up much better numbers when Drew Brees was in there, just solely because Drew Brees can get him the ball out of the backfield. Uh, 932 rushing yards, 756 receiving yards. He had 21 total touchdowns, 16 rush and five receiving. Obviously had that insane game on Christmas Day where he had 155 yards and six touchdowns. Really should have been seven, though, to set the NFL record as he tied it with six. All right, Kyle. Uh, number four, I got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I originally had him at seven, and CBS had him at nine. Uh, he had a few iffy games this season, but overall, he's been a really bright, uh, bright spot, and uh, clicked out with Murray overall pretty well. Uh, one question I have: Will their defense get uh, TJ Watt? Uh, oh, sorry, JJ Watt. I know uh, there's been a lot of rumors, and there's a little, mm-hmm. there's some talk about JJ Watt going back and team up with Hopkins again. That'd be really nice. To see. I'd love to see it, and. And, you know, J.J. Watt uh, probably is open to anything at this point, or not open to anything, but exploring the options, I mean. Because, um, I mean, any team would be lucky to have J.J. Watt. I, I don't think any team would pass on him. Um, and if and if they did, it's only because they already have someone of the same value. But um, DeAndre Hopkins is my number four. Yahoo originally had him at 13. I, I knew that was a disservice. I put him at seven on my list originally. Uh, he's going to crack the top five here, number four. Good year, like you said. Few games where it was like he he, he wasn't quite DeAndre Hopkins, but the play, the 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 triple coverage Moss play, it's th- that's one of the greatest plays we'll probably ever see, um, especially because it that that was the end of the game. <laughs> so you, you to have to have that happen in that fashion, and I know it's more like Kyler Murray just throws the ball in hopes, but what. What an outstanding play by Hopkins, and and a really good season for him on a new team. I wasn't really worried that he wouldn't play as well, but you always got a question. Okay, how's how's he going to fit in here? How's the scheme going to work? But no, he he had a really productive year and a a year that I um I was happy with, and I I uh, I'm happy to see him uh, do well on the Cardinals and hope for a continued success there for him. Dill, who's number four for you? Uh, I got Tyreek Hill. He was preseason number seven uh, in the ESPN list, uh, or for me, I'm sorry, uh, 1,276 yards, 15 touchdowns on only 87 catches. That just really shows that he's that vertical, deep threat, and they can get runs after the catch. Obviously, you mentioned that huge game he had against the box. I believe it was like 169 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he also did have 123 rushing yards and two touchdowns. They use him a little bit in that reverse end-around kind of game, and it just shows that Patrick Mahomes will always rely on number 10 for, you know, the success of the Kansas City Chiefs as well as for Travis Kelsey. Sure. 
All right, as we move into the top three, Kyle, who okay, uh, this one might get a couple eye rolls, but I've got uh, Devontae Adams. Originally had him at number nine, CBS had him at number eight. Um, this man carried the Packers with Rodgers, though, this year. Uh, he put up some amazing numbers when he was healthy. He missed, did miss a couple games, which hurt him a little bit, but I think I was a little biased, too. I think every week he put up a monster game, I happened to be playing him. He cost me at least two, three games in one of my leagues because he would put up 30 points and, like, two touchdowns and 100 yards. Like, he did a lot of damage, uh, and I'd like to see him get out of Green Bay so Lions can do something. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And, and he's the – I feel him and Diggs are the best route runners in the league. The, some of the cuts he was making were just insane to watch. Devontae Adams, this was really the year where I was like, wow, Devontae Adams is a top receiver. I knew he was a good receiver. I knew he was a good number one. But this year was like Devontae Adams was getting all the praise he deserves. My number three, I have Patrick Mahomes. Yahoo had him at 32. I I knew that was just not, not going to be the case. Not for Patrick. Um, I had him at eight originally. But I have to give him – Number three here for, I mean, the season the Chiefs had, they you always question, are the Chiefs going to be good? Are, well, not are they going to be good, but more, can they repeat the success of the year before? Because there, there's so much that goes into a season. The year before, they had to make three comebacks in the playoffs and then the Super Bowl to, to even get where they were. I didn't know um, if they could remain that top spot, but this year Patrick Mahomes showed me why. He has all the right pieces. He has the leadership of Brady, the accuracy of like Aaron Rodgers, the mobility of almost Lamar Jackson type, and that play he made in the Super Bowl. I'm I'm still I, I still can't believe the dude dropped it. The one where he threw it sideways on the ground. I, I feel like if you're if you're the dude who drops that, you go to Mahomes every day and you apologize because that would have been probably the greatest play of all time. Um. Definitely, yeah. You, you, you take a look, and you just can't deny the greatness Mahomes um, presented. Even though he lost the Super Bowl this year, um, he really had a, an amazing year. And, and, and one that we we kind of are taking for granted, oh, it's just Mahomes. He is, he's, you know, you can count on him for that. Well, we can't normalize that type of play because Mahomes, he, he's a special talent for sure. Dill, who do you have at three? Uh, I actually agree with Kyle here. I put Devontae Adams at number three as well. Uh, ESPN had him preseason, I believe, number nine, and I had him preseason number 10. It helped him that Rodgers had an MVP year. Devontae Adams kind of carried him. Obviously, it helped that uh, emerging stars like Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Robert Tunyon had great seasons. But for Adams, 115 catches, 1,374 yards, and a whopping 18 touchdowns. He had about 98 yards per game, only one fumble, and averaged about 12 yards per touch. So um, if Aaron Rodgers is going to keep going in Green Bay, I think he's going to be finding number 17 a lot more, and they're going to be a couple more seasons like this for Adams before he hangs them up. As we get into the top uh, two I got here, Dalvin uh, Kyle, who you got Cook. Number two? Uh, originally was my number 10 and CBS is number 6. Uh, Delvin Cook was just as impressive this year. Uh, he was one of the two or three bright spots in the Vikings along uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Cook, I think, was putting up about 20 points per game, which it was just super impressive considering he didn't have much help around him as a team. Uh, questions going next year. Can he uh, stay healthy and keep repeating this stuff? Because I know he's had injury uh, issues in the past. If he can stay healthy, he might be another 
top five running back, top five fantasy player going next year. Oh, for sure. All right, number Al, two. Number if two? if I could just add people to the list, I think I would put Dalvin Cook. But uh, based on what I had and the reorder I have to go with, Alvin Kamara is going to be my number two out of the guys I had. Um, originally, he was my number five and Yahoo's number four. But Kamara, he had, he had some really good games, especially that one like you talked about Christmas. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of people I know ended up losing to Alvin Kamara that game and really late in the season fantasy-wise. So he did a lot of damage there. In that in that week, um, to so many people, and he he probably he literally was a Christmas miracle for a lot of people, fantasy wise. Um, mm-hmm. Should have got the record. I don't know why he, Sean Payton gave it to Taysom Hill, the seventh one. It makes no sense. It literally doesn't. But we're past it. Alvin Kamara really productive. He and he had more than just that game. There was there was one insane like screenplay. I think he had. Yes. Was against the Packers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Same play. Um, he showed me that like I think he's probably the most underrated starting back out of all of them. You talk about guys like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Elliot we talked about before the season, um, Dalvin Cook, but Alvin Kamara is he's he's a special talent in the receiving game. And running wise, I he he has that patience and that agility that I really – he's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, that being said, though, why don't you give us your number two before we get into our final spots? All right. My number two is DeAndre Hopkins. I had him preseason number nine. I said in the original notes uh, way back in June, I said uh, – I posed a question, new, new threads, same nuke. And, uh, boy, was he the same nuke Hopkins in 2020. 115 grams, 1,470 yards, only six touchdowns, though. Kyler did struggle down the stretch, obviously had that injury week 17 that didn't help. As uh, Kyle mentioned, he really had a couple big, not really big games. I'm sorry. Uh, the Rams game week 17 wasn't that big. He had a couple games where he just didn't show out. But that incredible catch that he made against the Bills was was just a high point of the season, I think, for him. 88 yards per game, uh, 12 yards per touch, but did have five fumbles. It did struggle a little bit hanging onto the ball. But uh, hopefully he can work on that, and him and Kyler can get that connection back together for 2021. All right, Kyle, who do you have coming in at number one? I would assume maybe all yeah, of our number ones are the same, but I may be wrong. Because mine's been here. mentioned a couple times. I got Alvin Kamara at number one. Uh, originally had him at number six. Oh, wow. CBS him at number four. Okay. Uh, a lot wow. like you mentioned, it's the clutch factor of him. How many people did uh, one championships off Calvin Kamara? He get, um, if you're in the championship, you most likely won because of him. That's a clutch factor, so that has to play a little bit of a role in it. Just if you perform in week 16, that's what you need. Uh, he's also had a really good nose for the end zone. I think he had a touchdown every game besides one or two. Uh, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Big question, though, can he, can he repeat things next year? If they go with Tyson Hill, it's like having Tim Tebow back at quarterback sort of thing. Uh, sort of thing. But if Breeze comes back, I think he can elevate mm-hmm. again be another top five fantasy player. For sure. Dale, we probably have the same number one. Mine's Derrick Henry. Had yep, at, yep. I had him at three. Yahoo had him at five. Derrick Henry, 2,000 rushing yards. He needed like 250-some in that last game, I think. He he got mm-hmm. more. And he got, he got it. Maybe he needed 230. I think he got 253. Yeah, I think he got 250. Yeah. I ended up getting he got 253. Um, final game of the year. And then the, disappointingly, he did nothing in that Ravens playoff game. 
Not really. No, they did a really good job. Of, yeah, uh, and I mean, they, they had a good scheme because they played the year before and he destroyed them. But no, Derrick yeah. Henry production-wise was the greatest overall. I think like what Kyle's saying, Alvin Kamara clutch-wise, he was probably the most clutch, especially when it came down to that championship. Derrick Henry, though, you could just count on him. There was no week where you really had to worry um, about him. He never got hurt. He wasn't a Barkley or McCaffrey. He's durable. I think he's probably going to be number one on my list going into next year. Um, but we'll see as we get closer. I think we're definitely going to have to break down um, our prospects for 2021 fantasy-wise and, and see how they compare to the year before. But, yeah, Derrick Henry, number one spot for me, Dill. I'm going to chime in real fast if you don't mind, Dylan, actually. Uh, yeah, one I reason mean, Henry was not on my list because he was not on yeah, my original top ahead. ten. Uh, I'd also like to point out, yeah. though, that I uh, drafted uh, Henry in my league with Dylan Dillon. Dylan texted me to give a big roll eye because he uh, thought that was a terrible pick, and I think I proved him wrong in that one. I think, hey. Well, I mean, I got the last laugh on that because uh, if you remember correctly, we did play in the championship, and week 16 was the snowball at Lambeau Field, and Derrick Henry was held to 90 yards. And I ended up getting the win. So, uh, good thing our playoffs don't go into week 17 or else I definitely would have lost. I'm at 253-yard performance. <laughs> but, I mean, 2,027 yards, almost 400 carries. That's just incredible. To hand somebody the ball almost 400 times and get 17 touchdowns. He had 10 100-yard games, three 200-yard games, including two of the last five games were 200-yard games to get into the 2000 club. And then, obviously, the 250 game week 17 against the Texans. I mean, what an incredible season by Derrick Henry. Realistically, if Rodgers hadn't had the season he had, I don't know why we weren't talking about Derrick Henry in an MVP conversation. Because no, yeah. Yeah, because he's not no, a quarterback. Think about it. That's why, Adrian unfortunately. Adrian Peterson wins, wins the MVP in, what, 2012? If you look at mm-hmm. this season, Derrick Henry's season was so much better than that Adrian Peterson season. It um, was. But, yeah, sadly, MVP has literally only become a quarterback award. Um but Derrick Henry, Offensive Player of the Year, I believe, insane numbers, back-to-back years where he just dominated, and the numbers show. And like Kyle said, there was a lot of guys I would have put on this list I just didn't have on my original list. Like, I'm, I'm looking at my list thinking, mm-hmm. where the heck is Deshaun Watson? Justin Jefferson sure. would have been on my list, I think. He may have snuck in there I, another time. I, um... There's definitely a lot of guys that would have changed. But hindsight is literally 2020 as we talk about the 2020 season. Um, Kyle, you have anything to say before uh, you uh, go? No. Uh, thank you for having me again. Um, hope we come back, come back at some point. Uh, would definitely love yeah. to do a draft feature when it gets a little closer with the Lions. For sure, man. We'll, we'll okay. definitely we continue to have you on. It's always good to have these segments with you. I always enjoy them. So thanks again for coming on. Uh, as we're going to go ahead and transition to our final segment here, Dill. All right, we are back here for our final segment of the day. We want to thank Kyle again for coming back on to the pod to talk a re-rank, basically of the re-rank, uh, as we did the top 10 players of fantasy football this season, based on the top 10 list we did preseason. Uh, but we're going to transition now into the tight end prospects. Uh, not a very strong class, I don't think, other than the top two guys uh, we're going to be talking about at the end. Basically, three through five for me, at least, was just preference. 
But uh, the top two guys are definitely going to be probably the guys that are going to have the success out of this draft class tight end wise in the NFL. For sure. I, uh, I mean, number one's pretty obvious. Number two is just basically uh, there's a separation in the top of the class to so mm-hmm. the next level. And then, and then it's basically for me, it was like one and two, I'm pretty sure about three and four. I'm pretty sure these guys just whatever order I like better. And then five was nearly impossible yeah, five to find a guy. I had like six I, different guys that could have put it at number five. Yeah, and 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 the problem is with all the guys at five, there's so it's like there's more flaws to talk about mm-hmm, with each mm-hmm, of them than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, one thing I noticed in the tight ends differently than like quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers, um, you talk about the things they do right and the things we're looking for and the the qualities they have that we want with tight ends. It seemed like all I could really find was the negatives mm-hmm. except for the couple top guys. And even two and below was like, there's a lot that they need to improve on. So not a very good tight end class. Um, but then again, our tight end class is even really that great. I feel like, I mean, Travis Kelsey's 31. I, I didn't think that, which means he came out of the in the draft a long time ago. 20, longer than 2011, 2012. And, and I, I did not expect that. So, I mean, some of these guys take a while to develop, mm-hmm. um, especially hard, the tight ends. Yeah, we all, we all compare the tight ends basically to Kittle and to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and, and that, I mean, even now, like Kyle Pitts is getting a lot of um, comparison to like Darren Waller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, uh, Johnny Smith. Before that, it was Gronk. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there is a guy on this have... list that I I think is baby Gronk. I mean, yeah, I, I I definitely agree. But number five for me, I have Kenny Yaboa, six three, two forty seven, out of Ole Miss. Uh, he didn't play much in line. Is the big knock on him? He's he's more of a slot and outside look guy. Um, but I like his potential. I don't know who you put at five. But out of all the guys that I was going to plan on, you know, putting on this list, he just seemed like the one I personally liked the most. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what you said at the start. You know, it's a lot of preference. But um, Kenny Yaboa, he's from that Ole Miss. He kind of reminds me of the build of the receivers they have, of A.J. Brown and, you know, uh, D.K. Metcalf. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think Kenny Yaboa has a lot of potential. And that's why I, I had to place him at five on my list, you know. Um, for that purpose, I, I, uh, I think we're probably going to have mostly the same guys, um, as we get higher up on the list, but who did you have at number five and why? Uh, I had at number five, I had Tommy, uh, Tremble. He played at Notre Dame only two years in South Bend, which is going to be my first knock on him, uh, because you don't really see, cause he didn't play much. He was kind of redshirted in his freshman year. They have a rule in college football where you can play less than four games and then still be able to uh, keep your red shirt. He did that in his uh, freshman season and uh, didn't do much in his two really full seasons in South Bend. 35 catches for 100 or 404 yards, only four touchdowns. I don't see him as a great NFL player. Like, as we mentioned at the beginning, you know, it's not a great year for the position, maybe a fourth, maybe a fifth round pick. I had guys like Tony Pojan out of uh, Virginia, another Michigan connection, Nick Eubanks, uh, Kyler Granson. There's really not many guys out there that are, you know, the top of the line. There's a lot of potential sleepers out there in this draft class this year, I think. For sure. Um, and it, it it was a hard year for college football, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of games – the seasons were very short. Some, some teams played, what, like four or five games? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 
we were lucky to even get a year. Some of these guys, though, the draft stock improved for. Um, I feel like that's the case with a few guys on my list. Mm-hmm. Number four, I have Brevin Jordan. He's 6'3", 245 out of Miami. I, the route running is his like, weakest area. He's mm-hmm. not refined in route running, um, but he's, he's speedy and he's quick. So that's the thing. There's a lot of potential in regards to him getting open and him making a play. But when it comes down to what you need him to do, um, refined-wise or smooth cut, whatever you need, he's not the best at that. Um, he barely played as a blocker either, so that's the thing. You could almost run him more in the slot if you wanted to. I think that's the problem with some of these tight ends, especially farther down the list, mm-hmm. is the blocking and the it, – it's almost like they, they're, they're better as weapons than tight yeah. ends. And that's the thing where you compare guys to Kelsey and Kittle. But Kittle, he's kind of – he's smaller than Kelsey. Kittle's a mean blocker, though. Yeah, pancake guys. And, and, and um, that's the thing. I don't see a lot of blocking in these – Guys farther mm-hmm. on the list. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some some not even on the top of the list, but they can do it. They just, you know, they weren't yeah. required to. But the like Brevin Jordan, you're not going to get a lot of blocking out of him. He's he's not the most refined, like I said, but a lot of potential. I think whoever gets him, if they're willing to work with him and use him as a weapon, uh, I could potentially see him going to the Miami Dolphins later in the round. Or I don't know. For some reason, I just he's he's from Miami. Miami connection. I feel like I could see him going there. If not mm-hmm. in the draft, undrafted. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at number four, I have Hunter Long from Boston College, 6'5", uh, 253. He had about 89 catches for 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns in his three-year career in Chestnut Hill. Um, about 15 yards per catch. So he's another one of those guys. That's that's just a knock on me for this class. You get guys like Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey, and they're more of vertical threats. So those guys are watching, you know, Travis Kelsey and Dar- Darren Waller maybe when they're in high school or in college, and they're thinking, you know, that's the kind of mold I want to be. But yet, you know, blocking for the tight end position is half the game. And I'm feeling that's the problem. I mean, there's, there's a guy that I have at number two that I believe is the best blocking tight end out of this class, but yet also can still mix in that vertical-wise and can be that goal line mm-hmm. threat. That's why I called him Baby Gronk. Um, but for Hunter Long, I'm thinking maybe third to fourth round projections. Uh, you mentioned Brevin Jordan, who I'm going to talk about at number three, maybe going to the Dolphins. Uh, maybe I see Hunter Long going to the Patriots. Maybe. They, they do have a, a hole in the tight end spot. They've really had a hole at that position ever since Gronk left. Yeah. So maybe, you know, Bill Belichick, I think that's a good system for him. Bill Belichick likes to develop those late round picks into star players. So maybe for we're sure. talking about Hunter Long in the same conversation as, you know, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle in five years from now. You never know. And that's the thing about this class. As much as we can try to predict it, some guys are going to come out and really show why they belong. Or, I mean, the legends we've had already in the NFL had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So these guys, they have, they have great ceilings of potential. And it's just who's going to capitalize on it and who's going to get in the right scheme for them. And what's, what's you know, the game's always moving and innovating even in the last couple of years. What's going to happen? Um, I have Hunter Long at three. 6'5", 240 pounds out of Boston College, like you mentioned. He just had a huge increase in production this year. 89 targets with 52 being receptions. And on that 89 targets, only three were drops. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty, that's pretty a really good ratio. He's a bit limited after the catch, like you mentioned. Vertical-wise, he, you know, he can 
I don't know. Blocking, he's more that blocking guy. But mm-hmm. he's a pretty solid prospect. I think maybe end of day two or early, you know, day three. I, I, I think he's kind of a basic mold of what you would just want a generic tight end to be. Um, except he does lack in that vertical kind of play. If he can get that right, I think he could be a solid um, guy in the NFL. He reminds me more of like the older style tight ends or the mm-hmm. ones I grew up with. Um, but yeah, I think I think he could be good. Moving on to uh, your number three, I think you mentioned you have Reverend Jordan. So yep. we just flipped our three and four. Yeah. Uh, 6'3", 245, three years at the University of Miami, 105 catches over his career with about 15, 1,300 yards, sorry, with um, 13 touchdowns, 12.6 yards per catch. Uh, you know, really didn't have much in that Miami offense. Miami has, you know, struggled over the last couple seasons. Uh, I could see him maybe, you know, late second, mid third, somewhere in that category. It's hard to judge these guys, especially at the lower end of the tight end position, mm-hmm. because it's more based on th- their draft positions are going to depend on teams' needs, I think. And the thing is, some guys like the tight ends, they don't even really use them in the, no. in the college game. So, yeah, I think you're spot on with Reverend Jordan. I think Hunter Long and him are kind of in the same boat, like you said, maybe third. Maybe it's it, it really depends on a scheme and, and, mm-hmm. and what a team's true, looking yeah. for. Um, but I mean, is that all you got to say about him? You have any more thoughts no, before no, we get yeah, into top two? I would assume our top two are the same, probably. I mean, I have Pat Fryermuth, at, yeah. uh, you know, number two. Why don't you give your thoughts on him? I mean, as I mentioned a couple times before we got to number two here, he's baby Gronk. I mean, that's what the highlight video I watched said on him. I watched him a lot play live in um, Big Ten. He play, played for Penn State, 6'5", 258. Uh, he is the best blocking tight end, in my opinion, in this draft class because of his size. You look mm-hmm. at him, I mean, 258-pound frame, that's the size of most you know, pass rushers in the NFL. So he's going to be able to get down into that second, third level, you know, chip a guy and go on a vertical route. 92 catches over his career with 1,185 yards, 16 touchdowns. He is more like, as I mentioned, Gronk, that more like the goal line threat. You know, you're inside the five, you're inside the 10, you want to run play action pass, he will be open in the back of the end zone. He will bully guys around in the post, just like a rebounder trying to get a ball in basketball. For sure. As maybe maybe sneaking into the end of the first round, if not definitely a second round pick, for sure. Yeah, he's a second rounder, no doubt. Um, First round is going to be hard for him. It depends, Mm -hmm. like I said, team-wise. What are they looking for? Um. Let me see. I said hard to bring down. I think that's the number one thing yeah, I noticed definitely. about him. Um, and he gains most of his yards um, after contact, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that his physicality is probably the best out of the class in terms of that, um, especially with his size, 6'5". Um, then you talk about he's basically a battering ram, you know. He, he forces the yards after contact. Um I think he's going to be a really good prospect. I think you're spot on with the baby ground comparison. I think he's going to be really good. Whoever gets him is getting a tight end who's going to come in and start. Day or, one. You know, day one or next season, he's he's like your solidified starter by the end of year one mm-hmm. for preparing for the next year. But number one was obvious, man. Kyle Pitts. Definitely. Uh, he's a monster. He um, why don't you give your thoughts on him? I mean, he's the best tight end prospect I think we've seen in a long time. Oh, for sure. 6'6", 246. 
he's up there in that, you know, the year TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant came out of the draft in what was that, 2019, I believe? Yeah. That this is how I put Kyle Pitts on. I put him on that level with a TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. coming out of the NFL or coming out of college. Uh, 100 catches, almost 1,500 yards, and 18 touchdowns in his career in Gainesville. Averaged almost 15 yards per catch. As I mentioned, I see him mid first round pick. I've seen, you know, Mox have him at 13, 14. I've seen Mox maybe with some trades and whatnot have him down maybe in the, the low 20s. But whoever gets him, you look at it mid first round, that's going to be a team that just maybe missed the playoffs last year or a team that lost in the wild card round. So he's going to be able to go to a pretty successful team, I think, out of the gates. Yeah. And be able to help in the development, maybe make that team or have that team, you know, make the next jump. You know, maybe he goes to a team like the Giants or he goes to a team like Washington, Dallas, you know, Indy. Maybe he goes to Indy. Maybe that's Carson Wentz's sure. new favorite target. You never know. I mean, personally, I if I was drafting in this, I would take Kyle Pitts top 10. I don't think mm-hmm. he's going top 10. Mm-hmm. With but all the quarterback spot, trades and 10. stuff, but he's not going to go top 10. Yeah, no. Um, if I, I like him, though. Great mm-hmm. talent. I do too. He can uh, he can line up anywhere is the best mm-hmm. part about him. I mm-hmm. mentioned with like Brevin Jordan, he really was running uh, a a lot more of the slot position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Yaboa was really used in the slot, and a lot of the tight outside. end routes. You know, a small post or yeah, you know, a crossing route across you know four or five yards. That that's the basic tight end route. He's For sure, and that's fifteen vertical route yard routes. I mean. And that's what really separates Kyle Pitts. His route tree is the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably going to land in the top 15. Trades, like you said, could move him lower. But I think he's top 15. Um, he's pretty underrated as a blocker. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, but, yeah, runs tight end routes very well, but also runs um, really whatever you need him You to. can put him at wide receiver. He For sure. Wide receiver post or, you know, and, uh, a vertical route 30, 40 yards down the field. No doubt. And his – leaping ability was just incredible to watch in this highlight package for sure i don't know if you watched any of his highlights but that I, touchdown, yeah that touchdown he had in the sec championship game against uh, alabama the last touchdown of the game where he basically mossed two alabama secondary members now he's that's, nfl ready that that's that takes some you know skill to be able to moss a guy that's probably going to go in the first round whenever he's ready dude i i know the 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 number one thing i put on my uh, notes for him was just nfl ready mm-hmm He's he's there. Yep. He's he's gonna come in day one and be your guy. The nasty stiff arms he throws. Oh my god, he's so physical. <laughs> he's, and 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 you talk about six six. Be like no. if Derrick Henry was a tight end. L- literally, and with the, but with the leaping ability he has, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, that's what really separates us, him. I think we could be talking about him in two or three years as where Kelsey and Kittle are now. I agree. If not after rookie year or, you know, but uh, I think he's going to come in and have, have a great year. I think no matter who gets him, Mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter. A team could have two tight ends on the roster already. If you get Kyle Pitts and put him in, like you're good. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Definitely. um, That's why, I mean, if I was top 10 pick, I'm taking him because he's good, but I know he's going to fall 15. Maybe twenty. There's no. There's no way that day one wraps up and he's still on the board. Oh, hundred percent. There's I just agree. literally no way. But I, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see who gets them. With that being said, I think that's gonna bring us kind of the end of this episode. It was a little bit shorter, but we had some good segments, and especially we want to thank Kyle again for coming on. Uh, why don't you go ahead and wrap things up, Dill? 
And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Episode 45. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for listening, as always, to episode number 44 of the pod. Alex, obviously, as Alex mentioned, uh, episode 45 next week. We will be breaking down the offensive line. I think we're just going to do it all as just an offensive line group instead mm-hmm. of breaking them into tackles, guards, centers, and whatnot. We don't want to get too boring because, you know, the offensive line isn't really the most exciting part of the game. You know, we need it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You need the offensive line or else guys like J.J. Watt will murder your quarterback, mm-hmm. as mentioned in segment one with J.J. Watt. Uh, but, you know, we're going to mention that. But that that's about it for now. We will, uh, when the episode comes out next week, you'll obviously mm-hmm. know what our other topics are. Yeah, uh, we'll have some, you know, talking to do over the week to see what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, you know, as we try to build this uh, mm-hmm. tight knit community of football fans as we get closer to free agency, which can be coming up here in about a month or so. And then wow. the draft in two months and not before long, we'll be talking season previews again and, you know, games. And, wow. you know, it'll it'll be here before we know it. I know the Super Bowl was like three weeks ago, but time flies, man. We'll be we're already looking forward to next it. year. Yeah. I feel like every year, though, Super Bowl hits. I take about a week or two to be like, wow, I really miss NFL. And mm-hmm. especially on Sundays, I'll be like, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But now, the like weird... this this last couple of weeks of doing these draft ones, I'm so ready for the next mm-hmm. year. That's just but, what yeah. makes my Sunday complete. You know, it feels weird to be watching college basketball on Sundays instead of. Uh, oh, my basketball. gosh. The Michigan game just wrapped, wrapped uh, what, Saturday, Michigan, Sunday, Ohio State. Michigan, that was Ohio a good State. game. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really close till the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks again for listening and we'll see you guys next week.